20, starting at verse 22. By the way, uh, I'm here again next week speaking, but Pastor Solo and Sarah will be back on Friday and they'll be in service Sunday after a month being gone. I know you're going to be happy to get them and get rid of me. And I'm happy. I'm glad. All right. No problem. Don't You won't hurt my feelings. All right. But anyhow, I want to speak on this this morning, and I'm sort of continuing part three of what we've been talking about since I've been with you uh, the last several weeks. And I just feel God wants to do something. Do you guys know that this is a special day on the Christian calendar? It's Pentecost Sunday. It marks the day after, 50 days after Jesus uh, was crucified, that the Holy Spirit came and invaded the earth, and we've not been the same since. Amen? Not been the same since. And I'll tell you what, let me tell you something, and most of you should know, but the Holy Spirit wasn't for back then in Acts chapter 2. It wasn't for the early church in AD 33 or anything like that. It is for now as well. Amen. Amen. Now, we don't, we don't mess with foolishness. And, you know, everybody, when you start talking about Holy Spirit, people, they, their mind goes a thousand different ways. But this morning, I want to talk again about the supernatural. But I'll tell you what, God wants us to understand it in such a good way, complete way, that we have our vision for what God wants for our lives enlarged so that we can walk according to his word and not what we think. Not our own perception, but his perception. Here's what has happening here in Matthew chapter 14. It's soon after the 5,000 were fed by Jesus. Remember he fish and loaves broke the bread, the fish passed it out, 5,000 are fed. This is exactly right after that. And here's what it says. Immediately Jesus made now, in the Old King James, and actually that word made is commanded. I mean, that's a strong word. He commanded them. This wasn't their option. He said, I want you to go and get into the boat and, and, and uh, made him go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried for fear. By the way, you'd do the exact same thing if Jesus came into your bedroom tonight. But immediately Jesus spoke to all of you Christians, you do it, you know you do it. Oh my God, it's a ghost. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Now listen to the word of the Lord. Do not be afraid. Sam led us in that this morning. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, amen. I'm not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, watch, watch, command me to come to you on the water. Give me another command. I'll do whatever you ask. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son 
Son of God. Oh boy, that is so, so good. Now, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word this morning. And we ask that your word would just impact us now in these next few moments. Touch us, change us, expand us, and release us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Go ahead, be seated. God bless you this morning. We've been talking about uh, supernatural perspective which brings about a supernatural turnaround, or yeah, turnaround, a breakthrough. In my humble opinion, I really, and I keep up with it even though I'm no longer pastoring, uh, uh, and by the way, did he mention, did you mention about welcome to all the guests that are here, we welcome you, I think he did now that I think about it, and I just wanted to add my voice to that. Uh, I believe the church has re really reached a turning point. As a Christian, you cannot and you must not be guilty of denying God's supernatural power anymore. You can't live without understanding that God is doing things by his hand that can't be done by man. All over the world. From all we've heard, even the last several weeks as I've been reading, all we are judged by what we've heard and what we know. So consequently... None of us can be guilty of denying God's supernatural power, as I've even brought these messages to you, uh, going forward. We are facing, every one of us, and many of you in this room, and Dustin alluded to it a bit ago, facing a tremendous conditions personally. We're facing crisis and conditions worldwide, unparalleled in history unparalleled that can only be met or solved as the church of the living God rises up in the fullness of supernatural power of almighty God and sees things brought about or see things turned around. It, I think it should be clear to us by now that the world does not have the answers for the global issues that it's facing. Come on, amen? It just does not. And you can have as many conferences as you want. You can elect whoever you want. It doesn't have the answers. God's the answer. Now that's a cliche and we understand, but God is the answer. And this is what these messages are designed to do is help you understand he's your answer. This world has never been anointed to save itself from itself. That's a divine responsibility given out only to people who are divinely connected to God. God never intended his church to be limited by natural capabilities. Can't happen. You can't do what needs to be done in the earth. God can't do what needs to be done in the earth by the natural means. It has to be by supernatural means. We were always, the church was always, from the very first day of Pentecost Sunday, it was always ordained to operate in the supernatural. By the way, did you know this? Everything about God is supernatural. Everything. Everything God does has the supernatural attached to it. And just for the record, if you're keeping score, God still works the supernatural with anyone, anyone that dares to partner with him. Life as a Christian was meant to be lived in the supernatural. Now that's not spooky, that's not weird, that's not edgy or anything like that. That is actually how we were designed and made to be. That's who we are. In this 21st century, people want to experience life above and beyond. Well, I mean, everybody does it. I saw the, in, the, in the news this week, one of the guys that had uh, 
parachuted into uh, uh, Normandy uh, during D-Day, uh, World War II, at, at a, as a teenager. He went back up at 97 years old and parachuted back in. We all want to live on the edge. God does supernatural turnarounds in everyone's life when we are partnered with him. And not only does he do them, but they're endless and they are real. Listen. Whether you know it or not, he turns darkness into light. He turns curse into blessing. He turns uh, sorrow into joy. He really does. The Bible is filled with examples, filled with supernatural stories. Here's one of them taking place in a person's life. And any one of us can be next in line for a supernatural turnaround, maybe in your health, your finances, your business, your relationships, or any other area that might concern you, we are all available for it. The supernatural realm allows us to begin thinking God-like thoughts that lift our lives to an entirely different perspective, lift our lives, lift our thinking to an entirely different line of thought, a line of thinking. Listen, can I help you with something? Just a good little word for you. Even before this year is over, you can see a turnaround in a messy area in your life. I'm telling you. You can see a turnaround in a challenging area of your life or maybe a disappointing area in your life. For the practicing Christian, the miraculous should be normal. We should be walking in such a way. Listen, I'll encourage you on this sort of anniversary of Pentecost. You go back and read the book of Acts. Those that were followers, not just the 12 apostles, those that were followers of Jesus Christ, who didn't even see him when he was here in his uh, uh, natural life, but who were filled with the Spirit, they walked in the supernatural, in the miraculous every day of their lives. And we should be walking in the supernatural every day. But here's the problem. While we should be walking in the supernatural every day, while the supernatural should be a normal uh, thing for us, the problem is we still continually struggle with these two realms that I've been talking to you about. The natural realm over here and the spiritual realm. Or some refer uh, refer to it as the physical realm and the spiritual realm. Our physical body lives in the natural or the physical realm. Come on, amen. While our spirit man, by the way, we're three part, body, soul, and spirit. Our spirit man is connected to the spiritual or the supernatural realm. Your spirit man is the supernatural part of you that is connected to God. Then, listen, then once you are born again, that thing is reborn or born again, that spirit man, if you would, and you are now connected to God. It was in you all the time, but until you became a believer in Jesus Christ, it was never energized. It was never sparked, uh, no life to it, but all of a sudden it became alive, and you walk differently as a Christian, as a believer. Nothing weird about that. That's just what happens. God formed us, you remember, and shaped us and molded us, starting from the very first creation in Adam. He molded in dust. Think of this. He stayed there, that that lifeless form on the ground, and all of a sudden, God breathed his breath into Adam, the breath of life, it's called Rokha, 
the very breath of God, and when God breathed into the man the very breath of life, God awakened the spirit man inside of man. You're something different than your dog or your cat. Sorry to tell you. And by the way, if you have cats, you need to come to the altar as soon as this service is over right now. I'm telling you, that's all there's to say about that. He placed his spirit into man. That's what he did that day. He could have formed man as an animal, but there was something different about man. He breathed his own spirit into that man. That spirit man that was placed inside of your physical body was awakened to the supernatural. That spirit man that is resident in each one of us, and that is part of God, we were created in his image. That's the part right there that survives. It resides in you. Do you understand your spirit is made? This gets to me. It's made from the same material God is. Oh, come on. Oh, man, if you had really gotten a hold of that. That's why you can look. Listen, can I help you with something? You can look at every single individual, white, black, male, female. Well, it doesn't even matter. All were created by God. Now, some of them are a little nasty. I understand. But their spirit man hasn't been awakened yet. Come on, amen. It just needs a new birth. It just needs to come alive. But God put his spirit into every man. Ladies and gentlemen, as a recreated, born-again believer in the Christian faith, there is a part of God, a portion of God, working and living on the inside of you right now. It's there. From, listen, from the moment you were saved by God's grace, what was dead in you was then quickened, and now it became, watch, alive and connected to God, and then you were destined to live thereafter in the supernatural realm, even though your physical body is in this earthly realm. Amen. There's the tension. So here's the bigger problem. Your spirit man is connected to the supernatural realm, but you live in a physical body, temporarily, by the way, that lives in the earth realm. So the truth be told here today, listen, and this you should know, but let's get it out. You are both flesh and spirit. Oh, yes, you are. And some of you are more flesh than spirit. That's it. That's the tension. Your flesh lives in the natural realm, the physical realm, but your spirit is connected to the spirit realm, the supernatural realm, which is connected in essence to God. The problem is your spirit, which is connected to the spiritual or supernatural realm, is currently temporarily living in a body that is connected to the physical or the natural realm. So Jesus puts it like this. He says to his disciples one day, you are in the world, but you're not of this world. Get it in your mind. I'm giving you, Jesus says, a totally different perspective. See, I, I, I know what we're like. In other words, this is the physical realm every day that we're living in, 
But the real you, you are a citizen of a totally, completely different kingdom. Yes. Totally. Wow. The problem is I give into this kingdom a lot more than I give into that kingdom. Come on, we all have the same problems. When you go and give into the natural realm, and I'm talking about things that would lead to sin or bondage or hardship in your life, you're giving into something that really you weren't designed to live in that realm. I heard a guy, oh, it was the pastor at Moody Bible, say it the other day. He says, he was talking about uh, sex and sex outside of marriage. He says, when you actually sleep with someone that you're not connected to in covenant and in marriage, you're taking Jesus with you by force into an area that he doesn't want to be. You're pushing down that spirit man and you're giving room for the flesh. Now, I'm actually not here to talk about all that this morning, but I threw that in and that's free. Do you understand we are pilgrims that are traveling through a barren land? Paul says it this way. Jesus said, you know, about being of this world and, and uh, in this world, not of this world. Paul said it this way. You are ambassadors for Christ. That means, by the way, think of an ambassador. The country you are living in, you don't belong to. You just represent the ruler of the kingdom where you come from. So we are ambassadors. We are not a part of this world. Not really. Not really. We only live here temporarily in this flesh, this container, if you would. Sooner or later, here it is again, some bad news, but here it is. This flesh, actually it's good news, will go back to the dust from which it came, but your spirit will never die. Once it's born again, it never dies. Do you believe this? That's why Jesus asked Mary and Martha one day when he said, well, dealing with the brother, the Lazarus who died, he says, he that believes in me shall never die. Supernatural events can be seen all through the Bible. Jesus was constantly interrupting the natural realm supernaturally. So often in the Bible, you see Jesus, you see the disciples, the followers, defying so-called laws of nature or laws of the natural. Look at Jesus. First thing out, what does he do? Defies the laws of nature, turns water into wine. Look at him instantaneously healing sick people supernaturally. Look at him stopping one day the funeral procession of a widow's son supernaturally hitting the cortege and saying get up son and the boy jumped up and that was the end of the whole funeral procession <laughs> look at him talking one day to the centurion soldier who's got somebody back at his house dying Jesus is on his way somewhere else to minister and as the centurion soldier comes up to Jesus and says I need your help Jesus says I'll get there as soon as I can but that soldier says look at man I know you better than that you don't even need to come under my roof just speak a word and my servant will be healed supernaturally because you spoke the word wow Amen. wow 
And the Bible says that that young man at the back at the house was healed that very hour. Watch that centurion, by the way. You, you got to know, by the way, I love that story. You read it again one day. He, you got to praise him before you get him. You understand what I'm saying? When Jesus left the world, the apostles and the followers of, of him, of Jesus, also operated in the supernatural. My Bible, don't know about yours, but mine records Peter was so supernaturally driven that Peter would just pass in the crowd and his shadow would heal people. Other times he would wave a handkerchief and everybody that was in the crowd who needed it, when the handkerchief was waved, would get up and be healed. I believe, listen, since Jesus did it, folks, and the apostles did it, and the early church followers did it, I believe, I think I've been hearing from the Spirit of the Lord saying to me, it is now time for us to walk in the supernatural power of God like we've never known before. And I'm not talking about getting a name. This is where we get off all the time. It's just believing with a brand new perspective that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that he, you can ask or think and all that he had promised. He's willing to do it, wanting to do it for us. Can I get a witness here? Come on, amen. Listen, this whole thing is not outside our reach. This is very attainable. This is the realm that the Bible says all things are possible. This is the realm where miracles take place. This is the God realm. This is the realm for real where nothing is too hard for God. That difficult challenge you're facing, God has that too. That difficult medical situation, God has that. That difficult marriage or relationship or whatever you're going, God has that too. Nothing. There's no pre-qualifier in nothing. There's no limitations with the word nothing. In the Greek, nothing is translated as nothing. That's it. You just learned some theology, some doctrine this morning. Do you understand? I think it's my time. I think it's your time to start waving some stuff around and causing some things to turn around supernaturally in our world. Come on. To turn around. So, the question then becomes, how does one move from the natural realm to the supernatural? The way you access the supernatural, now get ready, there's only one way. It's by faith. It's the only way. Because God is a spirit, the Bible tells us, and you have to have the spirit man in you, and it's your spirit man that's connected to the supernatural. Your spirit man is the part of you that is not part of this world. It's in you. It's in every one of you.
So to get into the spirit realm or the supernatural realm, your vehicle, your mode of transportation has to be faith. Let me make it even more clear. You can't get there by sight. You can't walk there by sight. Because if you do, then what you are seeing is what is happening in the natural realm, but not in the spiritual realm. You've got to change what you're looking at. You've got to get a different perspective. Your faith in God, though, will make you see it. But while you see it in the natural, the validity of your faith will make you understand that God, the God you serve is so much greater than the hell you're maybe experiencing. So much greater. Come on. You know, we see hell all around us. I'm to be honest with you. There's not a day that doesn't go by where CNN lets you know about the hell that's around you. And they seem to do that for 24 hours straight. And they don't give up on it. They want you. I actually think these news organizations are after their main model, their mandate, their, their vision, their corporate stance is to get me depressed. No, really, I feel like, and, and to generate fear. Oh, well, oh, it's bad. It's really bad. Now, wait a second. If I'm in the natural and that's all I see, it is bad. I'll give it to you. But I'm not. I've got something else inside of me. A spirit man that looks beyond that. And I see what God is doing in the earth. I see how God's wanting to accomplish some things. And I connect with him. My spirit man connects with him. And now all of a sudden my perspective has changed. And now I'm walking and I'm living and I'm breathing and I'm moving in a new dimension that no one else really maybe understands doesn't matter. But I see things a lot differently. I believe things a lot differently and I see the results of what I believe. Amen? It's just that simple. Say these words with me. Would you please follow, follow along? Just to help encapsulate this. Every situation. Every situation. Oh, start again. Let's do it a little stronger than that. All right? Every situation. Every situation. In and around my life. Is reversible, is reversible by faith. By faith. Amen. 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 In the supernatural, all things are possible with God. And in Him, there is no limitation. <laughs> One of those supernatural events is found in Matthew 20, uh, 14, what we read this morning, 1422. You'll notice in the text, it has already been this grueling day when you read back from verse 1. It's already been this grueling day for the disciples. The disciples have been ministering all day long, by the way, all along, all day long with Jesus. And they are now exhausted. Trust me on that. If you've ever done long meetings, it's, you're done. If you notice the text, they had just participated and witnessed the miraculous, underlined miraculous feeding of the 5,000. So they're hyped. They're tired, but they're sort of cranked up. Boy, wow, did you see that? 
five loaves, two fishes. Wow, my God, that was wild. They're exhausted, but they're sort of feeling good about themselves. And then Jesus gives them some instructions. Now, I have preached this passage of scripture. My Lord, I just did a sermon on this last year. I remember it. About the storms. And I preached this. But I had never seen this until this week or the, this series when I was reading and studying. He gives them some instructions. He says to them, get into the boat and go over to the other side. Verse 22, let me read it again. Immediately Jesus made, Jesus commanded his disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now, put your mind around this scenario a little bit. This is Jesus here. <laughs> He's the Son of God. He's all man, all flesh. But he, being the only one that ever walked the earth like this, he's also God. All spirit. And we know an attribute of God is he's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's the all powerful one. But in this case, Jesus is also another attribute, the omniscient one. That means he's the all knowing. He knows what he's asking them to do. Don't you think for an instant this all just sort of fell through and sort of came about and uh, oh it's a happenstance and da 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 and the luck and da, of the draw and all that. He knew exactly what he was doing when he told them, I command you, I'm going to make you get into the boat and go over to the other side. And he's giving these instructions and because he's the omniscient one, the all-knowing one, he had to know where he was sending these disciples. He had to have known that a storm was approaching. <laughs> I think back when I came in 1989, it'll be 30 years this year, September. Susan and I, with our two children, the dog, Labrador, Black Lab, and a rubber tree plant. Put them all in the car. We drove up from St. Louis and we planted a church here in 1989. Now I felt at the time, and I still do by the way, nothing's changed, that I was obeying. I heard from the Lord to come here. I was obeying the Lord to come here. I was walking through that process by a word from God. God, how many know by the way God can speak to us? Come on, amen. I was walking, yet little did I know. And by the way, if I had known, I would have stayed with the dog. Well, I would have gotten rid of one of the kids, but it, no, I, just, I would have stayed in St. Louis. If I had known the storms that I was going to face in those 25 years. I get people all the time. Well, did, did the Lord tell you to marry him? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I won't do that one. Let me do another one. <laughs> did the Lord tell you to take that job? Yes. 
well, what's wrong? Well, it's, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. I got, I got to believe if the Lord told you to do it, he knew about the bad. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, amen. He knew ahead of time about the bad. I have to believe if God told me to come to Lincoln, he knew every challenge I was going to face. And some of you, I think of Ken and Arlene and different ones that have walked with us the whole time. You, you didn't know also what you were going to face, but we sort of faced it together. And there were some magnificent, large challenges. I wasn't in a boat, but I sure felt like I was drowning a number of times. Come on, amen. I would have people come by when we were in the waves and the storm. And talk about it, Pastor, you know, good friends. Pastor, uh, uh, you, you, man, you, you don't need to stick around here. You need to go. You need to leave. Just shake, you know, they give me a scripture. Shake the dust off of your, and, and just leave. The, leave Lincoln. Go back to Jerusalem, wherever that is. But wait a second. Wait a second. The Lord gave me a word to come. He knew about this storm. So I'm going to face this storm. How? Not in the natural. I'm going to face it in the supernatural. I'm going to trust God. In the hours that I'm not trusting God, Ken Hyatt was trusting God. And he'd pick me up and build me up. And then the hours he wasn't trusting God, I was around. And I mean, you know, you understand what I'm saying? And you go through the storm. Why? Because God had commanded it. Jesus, don't miss this, sends his disciples right into a storm and knew it all along. Now that is not the way we do things. We don't send people we love into harm's way. Oh, God is such a loving God and he would never do... Whoa, 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 you're really not getting God yet. God has a great plan for your life. And even his Bible, his word says it rains sometimes on the righteous and the unrighteous. It's just the difference of your perspective. Isaiah says it this way. And I love this. And you know this oh so well. Isaiah 55, 8. And it's not even on the board, but listen. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. Have you not gotten this yet, saith the Lord? Verse 9 says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then you get down to verse 11 and it gets crazy. So, watch, 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 look at me. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. Oh, watch, watch, watch. Listen, it shall not return to me void. It shall not return to me empty. But... It will accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. 
Whoa, my God. Do you understand the importance of that, what I just read to you out of Isaiah? I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're going through. I, I, I do care. It's, I'm not trying to be cruel. But guess what? God sent you right where you're at. He knows everything about what you're going to go through. But you're not to live in the natural. You're not to live in the physical only. If you do, you will moan and groan the rest of your days. But oh, you're to get a different perspective about this thing and lift your eyes and look up into the heavens which, which contains your help. My help, where does it come from? My help cometh from the Lord in whom I worship day and night. Come on, amen. That's the different person. That's getting that spirit man inside of you energized in a new way. I need to read that again just to put some hell on the enemy for you. Come on, here, you want to hear it again? So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you something in closing? The greatest thing you can get from God, it's not a new house. It's not a car. That's not what faith is for. It's not to be self-aggrandizing. It's not even for your healing. That's important. It's not for any of these other things. Do you, do you know what the, the, the greatest thing you can get from God is none of the other. The greatest thing you can get from God is a word. You get a word from God and it doesn't matter what is happening around you. You got a word. You got a word. I don't care what people say. I don't care what family thinks. I don't care about any of this. It doesn't matter. Any enemy that comes along and tries to take me out, it does not matter. It does not matter. Any storm that comes my way and I'm trying to track one way and it seems the storm is blowing me off, it does not matter. I'm doing what God called me to do. I have a word and God's word will not return empty. It will accomplish that which he sent it and it will totally be fulfilled in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man. Come on. All of those other things may be important. I'm not denying your health isn't important or your monies are not important, your finances or your relationships. But not a car, not a job, not a healing, not a check in the mail, not a woman, not a man. Not a house. All of those things might be important, but the greatest thing you need in life is a positive word from God regarding your future. Because, why? Because it can't return back void. It can't come back empty until it has accomplished what he sent that word out there to do. Amen.
Wow. When I think about our ability to hear from God and obey God, keep that word going in spite of everything. All I have to do is look around here. Do you not think in once in 25 years when I was pastoring here that, like I told you, didn't want to go away? But if I had, it would have short-circuited the word of God. Come on, even well-meaning friends, if I listened to them, it would have short-circuited the word of God. And Lincoln City Church wouldn't be here. This property wouldn't be here. More importantly, Pastor Solo and Sarah and generations following would not be here. That's just one small aspect of my life. How about yours? If I had not heard a word from the Lord to Mary Susan, by the way, I did get a word. Run, Jerry, run! No, 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 no. <laughs> Guess what? Are you so foolish as to think in 45 years of marriage this September 14th? Hallelujah. That I didn't have every reason in I didn't have, you know me, I'm loving, I'm kind, I'm generous, I'm gracious, and that I didn't have every reason in the book to just walk away because we had a little storm. Listen, our first year was a storm. Our seventh year was a storm. Are we in a storm right now? Even I don't know. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's how we've got to operate. God wants to do something bigger and better in us than what we would allow him. Because we say we have the Holy Spirit. But something hasn't been quickened. Come on. Come on. You just maybe got filled with the Spirit and now this is sort of like your little badge and every once in a while I pray in tongues or, not, or I worship. I clap my hands. Oh, I'm free. I lift my hands. Okay, good, good. How are you handling what he tells you to do? How are you handling what he tells you to do in spite of difficult circumstance? Tell me then whether or not you're filled with the Spirit. That's supernatural walking. Come on, amen. <laughs> Sam, come on up. I'll tell you what. I think God wants to put some spirit life back into us today. Uh, come on, can I, can I tell you this? He wants to do something in us today 